Hey, this is Nikki McCrary, lead pastor at Eastern Heights Baptist Church in Statesboro, Georgia, where we exist to be a life-changing church. So as you listen, I pray that you will be encouraged in your walk with Christ and that your life will be forever changed as you grow in your relationship with Him. We'll take them find Luke chapter 11. As you see, we're starting a new series called Prayer That Works. We'll get into that in just a moment. But Eastern Heights family, thank you for being here with us on this holiday weekend. And if you're a guest, we want to especially thank you for being here on this holiday weekend. What an honor and a privilege it is for you to be here. And I do want to encourage you to be here on September the 19th. If you, as you've already heard, we're going to have our Jumpstart class, give you a jumpstart on knowing more about our church and how that you can uh, be involved in the ministries here at our church. Get a free lunch and then that hour-long class. It's not required that you join our church if you take the class. It's just information. If you'd like to join at the end of it, you most certainly can. But that's going to be on September the 19th. And give me the opportunity to get to know you a little bit better as a guest and you to know me a little bit more as pastor. My name is Nikki McCrary. I am lead pastor here. In case you don't know me, we are so grateful again that you've joined us. You know, we kicked off a new weekend yesterday, right? college football weekend right and so i knew some of you'd be sporting not as many as i thought though i thought i'd see some more sporting after that game yesterday but i thought i'd sport mine but anyway uh, I, I sport mine all the time anyhow so anyway um we thought since we uh got off to start with college football that we go ahead and start a new series called prayer that works okay and so i thought the two together would go pretty good i know some of you are praying a little bit more than others last night maybe yesterday but uh, either way it, it is a season of prayer during college football right most of the time now i borrowed this title uh from three different books by three different authors okay i was looking for a good title and i thought well i'll just look at some books on prayer and i came across there's three of them by three different authors and i wasn't really surprised because i mean prayer is a pretty common topic in the church and it's certainly been a topic of many many sermons right so over these next few weeks i don't want to bore you with just another group of you know sermons on prayer right i want us to learn and talk about prayer that works okay we want to talk about prayer that actually works and that's my goal over these next few weeks is to inspire you to learn how to pray that way to pray prayers that work and so to do this we're going to be looking at what the scriptures say that prayer isn't then we're certainly going to look at what scriptures say prayer actually is we're going to study several prayers that worked in the bible and why they work and maybe we'll gain some insight about why our prayers don't work right we're going to talk about how that we don't pray enough and then we're going to talk about how that we pray too much now some of you looking like huh See, I knew that would get you to come back because we're going to talk about well, you pray too much sometimes, all right? Now, we're going to talk about how that you can pray more effectively. And so, in essence, we're going to learn how to pray prayers that work. The Gallup poll, if you'll remember, is in, in uh, a poll where they take a census of all Americans, you know, lost, saved, whatever, all right? The Gallup, uh, the Gallup poll says that 90% of Americans pray, with 75% of them praying weekly, um, daily, and 15% of those people praying daily, right? So 9 out of 10 Americans pray. That's a pretty good thing, right? Uh, well, I got it reversed. 75% pray daily, 15% pray weekly. Did I get it right that time? Okay, good. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? That's why I put it on the screen. 
Okay, in case I say it wrong, y'all can get it right. All right? So, that's good. Nine out of ten Americans are praying. The Barna poll, if you'll remember, it, it takes a poll of Christians in churches, right? And so, in 2010, they found that 83% of people in the church pray at least weekly. Now, ten years later, after the, uh, the recession kind of recovered a little bit and the economy picked back up, and then we had kind of a political landslide all over the landscape, uh, and we had a pandemic, our prayer dropped from 83% down to 69% in 2020 of people that pray. So we're praying, praying less. Now, the polls also found out that both of them recorded a decline in Bible reading and church attendance. And I quote, one of them said, people were much more likely to say a prayer than they were to attend a church service. And I'm going, duh, those are all Baptists. Because a Baptist in a hot minute will say a prayer and just roll right on over and stay in the bed, right? They're going to do that all the time. And they concluded from these statistics that committed Christians, committed Christians are not the ones who are moving away from faith communities or churches or small groups or that kind of thing, but instead the movement away from Bible reading and daily praying and all those kinds of things, church attendance, are among those who were only marginal a great church or a great movement of God that was not preceded by prayer. And not just any kind of prayer, but prayer that works. And so what that says to me is if we want to be a great church and if we want to see a great movement of God, that we not only have to be in prayer about it, but we have to be praying prayers that actually work in order to see this happen. Listen to what I would consider to be some committed Christians, what they had to say about prayer. I've got the quotes up here on the screen for you. Max Lucado put it this way. He said, Our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. And then Abraham Lincoln says, I know that the Lord is always on the side of right. But it is my constant anxiety and prayer that I and this nation may be on the Lord's side. Pretty good, huh? The Danish theologian Soren Kierkegaard says this, prayer does not change God, but it changes him who prays. And then about 250 years later, you ladies probably are more familiar than the guys with this Lisa Turkerst, who spells her name really weird in all kinds of ways. All right, and hopefully I said that right. But she said basically the same thing. She said, the reality is my prayers don't change God, but I am convinced prayer changes me. Praying boldly boots me out of that stale place of religious habit into authentic connection with God himself. And then Corey Ten Boom asked the question, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? She went on to say, any concern too small to be turned into a prayer is too small to talk in the morning. And I quote, he said, I have so much to accomplish today that I must spend at least four hours in prayer. Now, wouldn't you like to have the attitude of prayer of all these famous Christians? I know I would. 
But I really believe that many of us here today, if we were honest, if we were really honest, most of us would just skip prayer on that busy day, and we would get on after getting busy about what was getting us so busy to start with, right? We'd just skip through the prayer and start working at it. That's what most of us would do if we were really honest, I think. I think if we're really honest, most of us would say prayer is just downright boring, all right? might have a little something to do with my ADHD, I don't know. Okay, But I think a lot of us would say prayer is just kind of boring. And if we're really honest, a lot of times prayer just becomes a 911 call to God when we've tried everything else on our own and we come to a point of desperation. And so we finally end up having to call on God because we're desperate, right? So i got to confess to you right up front, if you're not picking up on it, I'm not one of those pastors that goes around bragging about how much he prays all the time. I'm not one of those pastors that just talks about prayer all the time and makes you feel guilty because you're not, you don't have calluses on your knees, right? I'm not that kind of pastor. Matter of fact, I have found that prayer has been a struggle my entire Christian journey. Here at Eastern Heights, we teach there's four spiritual habits that every Christian ought to practice. We teach those in our DARE classes, right? We teach that you ought to have a daily time in God's Word. You ought to spend daily time praying that you need to consistently be tithing, and that you need to be connected to a small group where you can encourage one another and all these things. But out of all those four things, prayer has always been the greatest struggle for me. Now, I'm not saying I don't pray. I don't want you to go away and say, my pastor, he, he don't even pray, man. He, he, he's a dud, man. He, he don't have calluses on his knee. He needs to get him some, you know, and I, I, I do. But, you know, I, I, I do pray, and I do believe in the power of prayer. I'm just saying for me, the practice and the discipline of praying has always been a challenge, you know. It seems, at least for me, that I've always had the tendency to use prayer as a last resort instead of a first response. Does that make sense? That's for me. Prayer has been a last resort instead of a first response. Because, see, I'm a fixer. If something's broke, I try to fix it. And that has kind of moved over into my spiritual life as well, from my natural life, okay? I mean, why bother God with something when I can just fix it myself, right? And so sometimes I'll turn to God and say, All right, God, I've done everything I can do. I guess you need to get in on this, right? And so I use prayer as a last resort instead of my first response. Now, can you? Can you think of something this last week, just this last week that you struggled with or you kind of were challenged by it? I mean, it, it, was, it was on your last nerve there this last week, okay? But if you were being totally honest, you haven't even prayed about it. Just this last week, something was really bothering you, really challenging. And, oh, boy, now that you bring it up, I hadn't even prayed about that. Or something that's been bothering you and challenging you for maybe months. And I mean, it's really been getting under your crawl, all right? Y'all know what that means, right, in Georgia? Same thing it means in Alabama, all right? Something getting under your crawl for a month now. And when you think about it and you're really honest with yourself, you go, you know what? I've probably spent less than five minutes in prayer about this thing that's been eating me up for over a month now. I mean, is it just me? Am I a terrible pastor or are there other people who feel that way? I mean, give me, give me something. Hey, oh, thank you. All right, well, good. I, I didn't want to be that preacher, you know. 
Good. Well, matter of fact, just this week, I lost my sermon. Okay, I've been working on it for months, all right? And I've particularly been working on today's, of course, getting, trying to get ready for everything. And so I've been working on it last week, and I really tidied that thing up on Monday. I spent about five solid hours working on it Monday. Had it, I was feeling really good about it. So after staff meeting and lunch on Tuesday, I pulled up that sermon file. And it was an old file, you know? Didn't have any of my edits for over a week. And I'm thinking, no problem. I just pulled up an old file. Well, Houston, we've got a problem, okay? Because not only was it an old file, it was the only file I could find. I mean, I did the searchy thing, you know, where you search your whole computer and sit there and wait and wait while it's grinding, grinding. No, same old file, just one. Popped up one thing, one file, old one, all right? I did the recent document thing, all right? Same thing, old file. I searched through the cloud, all right? Same old file. After searching through the cloud, I called NASA. I'm thinking maybe they can find it somewhere up there, all right? It, it was not to be found. I, I, was, I was getting frantic, okay? I start walking uh, down the hallway. I'm asking all the other staff members, y'all having trouble with your computer? Dylan, you having trouble with your computer? I always have trouble with my computer. It's old. All right, I go down to Tracy. Tracy, you have trouble with your computer? Well, it locked up a while ago. I'm thinking, well, do any of y'all have my lost sermon? I need my sermon. I can't find my sermon. And then I just marched on. I marched on right on through there. I walked right through there. I walked right across here, walked right across there, went right through there. I stopped by the bathroom. Then I came out, flushed, uh, and I came out, and I went right on through the fellowship hall. All right, and then I went through that back door through the conference room and was headed to my office and I stuck my head in Dylan's office. I said, Dylan, if I don't find this sermon file, you do not pay any attention to what you hear coming out of this office in the next few minutes. All right? Is that a deal? <laughs> okay, whatever. All right, all right. So I sat down to frantically search for this file again and then, boom, it hit me. You know what you're searching for? You're searching for a sermon on prayer. Why don't you try that? I thought, <laughs> what a great idea, God. That's pretty good stuff, man. So I bowed my head and I started praying. I said, Lord, you know I need that file. Our congregation, if they only knew that file was me, they'd be praying I could find that file right now. Lord, help me. And I revised because I've been having trouble getting it to save in all those other places. So I had saved it as a revised and put it on my desktop. And when I opened that thing up and I saw all of my beautiful edits... <laughs> I'm telling you, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, folks. And I broke out into my best version of the Hallelujah Chorus, to which I still have to apologize to all the office staff who had to put up with that. But I was excited that I had found it. But, you know, to be honest, I wish the Lord hadn't given me that illustration to use today because it, it really shot my blood pressure up higher than it needed to go. And then it's also really embarrassing to have to tell you that I had to do all of that other stuff before it finally hit me. You know what? Just pray about it. Just pray about it. But I guess God wanted me to go through all that so that I could let you know today that me and you, that's not good English, it's you and I, we're going to go through this journey together because I need it as much as you do. Okay, I need to learn how to pray more, and I need to learn how to pray prayers that work. So we're going to go on this journey together. So I hopefully will be able to inspire both of us to be able to do just that and to change our mindset 
about this thing that seems so boring that we call prayer because I really don't I, I really want to lead all of us in our church I want to lead all of us to be the kind of church that where prayer is our first response instead of our last resort right I want prayer to be our first response instead of our last resort I want us to pray prayers that are more than just words or a mental exercise you know I want us to pray prayers that work I want our prayers to somehow become supernatural something that's supernatural between us as humans here on this earth and the creator of the God of this heaven and earth something supernatural that goes on something that when we pray that can only be explained by the hand and the work of God you know something when we pray that all of a sudden something that w couldn't be fixed all of a sudden gets fixed right because we're praying prayers that work now, it's not like we don't pray right if you're watching this online we pray around here we're praying church we believe in it I mean think about it. we pray a lot we pray to receive Jesus in our heart right we for 15 years I was chaplain of ball ball teams right and we prayed the Lord's Prayer before every game right we pray the Lord's Prayer we pray the Lord's Prayer a lot of times before we start a church service right we pray a lot around the church and around our lives and stuff we, we pray before the meal right we teach our little ones to do that you know Lord thank you for this day thank you for our food and forgive us for our many sins you know it's not just sins all right it's not just forgives our sins because we've got many sins that makes it a, a, a better prayer you know to get that in there and so we teach our little ones to do that right well we were at our grandkids last weekend and so we said who won't say the blessing well John Henry he's three years old he said I'll say it we thought oh this is gonna be awesome you know and so me and Manna we fold our hands together we bow our heads and little John Henry, three years old, he takes off. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And Amanda and I, Amanda and I, we look up at each other. And we've got that deer in the headlight looks. You know, we're looking at each other like, what is going on? Did we just get transported through some portal into Christmas vacation where they asked Aunt Bethany to say the blessing at dinner? And she starts off by saying, I pledge allegiance to the flag. And Cousin Eddie stands up with it. I mean, that's classic right there, right? But all that in a millisecond is going through our minds. But John Henry continues on. Some of you going to know this. We didn't, all right? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Thank you, God, for feeding me. It's me and Man Week. Yeah, that's our boy. Woo, that's awesome, man, you know. And we thought, that is incredible. And we pray. We pray a lot, right? We, when things happen that are good, sometimes we'll even stop and thank God for it, right? And we especially like to pray when things are bad. We're really good at that, you know, when things are bad and something's going wrong. We're really good at jumping in on praying about that kind of stuff. Oh, back to the children's thing. You ever notice how sometimes they didn't think children's things through very good? For example, and now I lay me down to sleep. Whoever... No, my parents had to use duct tape to get me to lay down and go to sleep, all right? Remember, I'm ADHD, right? And, and how many of you lay your kids down to sleep? No, -uh. not unless you give them something a little ahead of time to help out, you know. No, they, they, they don't lay down to sleep. They lay down and they toss and they turn and they get up the camera. We didn't have cameras back in our day. They get up the camera and they go, Mommy, hey, Mommy. Hi, Mommy. Is it time to go to sleep? You know, all that kind of stuff. 
Y'all lay kid down to sleep. And now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. What, does he lose it while you're sleeping? I mean, that, you know. What's, what's up with that? And then the big one. And if I die before I wake, I mean, you want to keep your kid up all night, just have them pray that prayer before they try to go to sleep, right? I mean, I, I'm just saying, if you're a parent of a young one or grandparent with, with young grandparents, you know, just think it through just for a little bit. You don't have to use it just because you learned it, all right? There are other ones out there. I mean, that's a... And don't even get me started on children's songs, right? I mean, who drops babies out of trees anyway? I mean, it's just all kinds of wrong. But look, we pray, we pray, and, and we... Age group, you might want to write this down, okay? When it's something like this. And now lay me down to study. I pray the Lord I won't go nutty. But if I die before I wake, that's one less test I'll have to take. Amen? That's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, got me through school. All right. We pray a lot. We do it around church. You know, we, we mostly start every activity with prayer, right? We almost always end every activity with prayer. And most of the time, during the middle of the activity, we're going to throw in prayer somewhere along the line, too. Matter of fact, I've seen us have an activity that we ended in prayer and within two minutes we started another activity and we started it with prayer I mean it's like it's become prayers become the Baptist on and off switch for stopping and starting activities I mean you know and, and I know some of you are thinking you know I think I might just be a little offended by that what you just said there well uh, save some room because I got some more coming all right all right just just save a little bit of room but I'm just saying, if your prayers are working, you can rest easy because I'm not talking to you folks, all right? I'm talking to the rest of us in here that it's kind of challenging and we need a little bit of inspiration about praying, all right? That's what I'm trying to do here. So, so am I saying that we can pray too much? Absolutely. Don't fire me. Yes. Yes, we can pray too much, especially if they're the wrong prayers and they're prayers that don't work. And so since I'm already in a little hot water, are you saying there's a wrong prayer too? Yep, there is. All right. It's in Matthew chapter 6. I know you're in Luke, but flip over Matthew chapter 6 real quick. Jesus said, Matthew 6, verse 5, he said, Hey, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. In other words, don't pray the wrong way. There is a wrong way to pray. Don't do it that way. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray... Go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to the Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. And so although we consider daily prayer a spiritual habit and a spiritual discipline here at the church, it should never become a meaningless kickoff or conclusion to any of our events or activities or just a box that we check off as a spiritual discipline to replace our intimacy with God. God never intended for prayer just to stay a spiritual habit or a spiritual discipline, something that we've got to do, going back to Julian's message last week. But Jesus, he wants us to get to where prayer in our life is something that we realize we get to do and that we look forward to doing and that we actually enjoy doing. And so with that somewhat of an abrupt introduction, I want to lead us over these next few weeks to study prayer and to really study prayer that works. Because see, I believe that number of Christians who are praying on a regular basis, I believe that has declined over these years because so many Christians are praying prayers that just don't work. They're praying wrong, right? And so 
when it doesn't work, what happens? Well, they, they get mad at God. They get upset with the church. They get discouraged. And then they just end up quitting praying altogether, according to the statistics anyway. So look, you know, we're, we're all in this together. Let's learn how to pray prayers that actually works. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 says it this way. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he, and he finished, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And this is going to be our main scripture for the next couple of weeks, and I'm praying that if I had time in prayer. Prayer was an integral part of his life. We're going to look at it more in detail, but for right now, we see Jesus in this verse coming back from praying. And one of his disciples, it doesn't say which one, actually came to him and realized and recognized the importance and the priority that prayer had in the life of Jesus. Because, see, Jesus was off doing this a long time before they got up and got going with their day. He had already been in prayer. And so this disciple said, you know what? This is something we need to get in on. And so I want you to notice exactly how he asked it, though. He said, Lord, he didn't say teach us how to pray, although I think that was inferred in there a little bit as well because if you're going to pray, you need to know how to pray. And that's one of the main reasons why people give for not praying more if they don't think they know how. But he said, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Not just how to pray, but teach us to pray, Lord, because I can see it's a priority in your life. And apparently it needs to become a priority in our life. You know, Jesus, we realize this needs to become as natural in our life as it is in your life. And it's not that way right now. We, we don't pray like you pray. We don't do it like you do it. We don't do it as often as you do it. Lord, teach us to do what you're doing. Teach us to pray. And so over these next few weeks, we're going to dive into the priority of prayer. We're going to dive into the place of prayer. We're going to dive into the plan uh, for prayer, different plans. As a matter of fact, we've got uh, over here, I think on the side, we've got some prayer guides that have different models. Uh, if we run out of them, we'll get some more for next week. But you might want to go ahead and pick up one of those guides and get a jump start on this praying prayers that works. So you're free to pick that one up. It's going to be online, online as well that you can get sometime this week. We're going to look at the persons of prayer. We're going to look at the power of prayer. I mean, why spend all this time? Why make it a priority if there's no power with it, if it doesn't work? We're going to look at some powerful, powerful prayers. But today's focus, and we're about to, to conclude here, I want you to, this week, make prayer your priority. I want you to make prayer a priority for the next seven days and see if it's not life-changing. I really believe it is. I believe it's going to become that way. And I want you to see if it doesn't become a part of your life where prayer begins to work. Now, because I knew I was preaching this, I went ahead and got a head start. I've been practicing this the last few days. I've been putting into practice what I'm preaching, okay? And, and so you'll be happy to know your pastor is making some improvements in this area of prayer, okay? And you know what? It's actually been life-changing for me these last few days. It really works, okay? I've been praying about stuff I'd have never prayed about before, and it's really been awesome. Are you ready for the prayer? It's real simple. I want you to write it down, okay? It's simply this. Good morning, Father. I give you today. Use me to serve you and others today. Amen. So I want you to challenge you to pray that simple 16-word 
sentence. And I want to challenge you to do it for seven days. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to do it. No, 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 no. See, I lost you right there. You're like, <laughs> that's about time I'm going to bed. What are you talking about? All right? No, seriously. I don't want you to get up any earlier. I don't want you to do anything special. Now, if you've already got you a good time going and a good time with the Lord and that's all working for you, again, remember, I'm, I'm talking to those of us who need inspiration. You just keep doing your thing. But those of us who need a little bit, bit of inspiration for seven days, here's what I want you to do is whenever you wake up, as soon as your feet hit the floor, I want you to pray this 16-word prayer. All right? Good morning, Father. Good morning, Father. I give you today. Use me to serve you and others today. Amen. And then when that bell rings for class, it's a reminder that you've already given God your day. All right? And then as soon as your feet hit the floor, you say, Good morning, Father. I give you today. Use me to serve you and others today. Amen. And when you get to that meeting at work, and that meeting's about to start, that's that reminder You've already given God your day. And as soon as your feet hit the floor, good morning, Father. Use me today to serve you and others today. Amen. And then when you get that unwanted phone call or that unfriendly text or that unkind whatever, it's a reminder that you've already committed the day to the Lord. And if it's unfriendly and unwanted and unpleasant, then it's just an opportunity for you to give that to the Lord again, right? As soon as your feet hit the floor, good morning, Father. Use me to serve you and others today. Amen. And then when you're sitting there in that traffic jam, okay, it's a reminder that you've already committed your day to the Lord. And it's just a few extra minutes that you can spend in prayer about whatever you've got going on that day so two assignments this week make prayer your priority by praying that one prayer seven days just seven days i'm telling you it will change your life because what happened is what i found myself doing i found myself again starting to pray about other things that i normally would not have been praying about do it for seven days second assignment is this read second chronicles 20 second chronicles 20 all right it's going to be what we're talking about next week prayer of king Jehoshaphat. It is a powerful prayer. And we're going to study it because we need to find out what made it so powerful so that we can pray those same kind of prayers. Let's pray together this morning. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Father, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us when to pray. Teach us where to pray. Teach us everything about prayer so that our prayers work. God, bring us to that place in our spiritual journey where we are praying without ceasing and we are praying prayers that are making a difference. Not only in our life, but the lives of the other people that we're praying for. God, thank you that we get to move past got to pray to the fact that we get to pray. So, Father, make us today the kind of church and the kind of Christian and the kind of church member 
kind of community member out here in Statesboro, wherever we may live, where prayer becomes our first response instead of our last resort. Prayer is so powerful. Show us just how powerful you are. It's in the name of Christ we offer it. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Pray that you have a great, great rest of your holiday weekend. Pray that you stay safe and healthy. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Invite somebody to come. Say, hey, our, our pastor's talking about praying and how sometimes you can pray too much and wrong. So come here. what you got to say about it. Let's all stand together as we sing together. We are dismissed. encouraged by this message today. If you would like more details on our church, please visit us at ehbcstatesboro.org.